0: Hello and welcome to this week's Tez Effie podcast. My name's Kate Parker and I'm joined with Julia Belgettai. Hello. And this week joining us, we have Amanda Mountain, the CEO and Principal of Nelson & College. Hi. And this week's been an exciting week for Amanda and her fellow commissioners of the College of the Future. Um, So the report was published a couple of days ago, and um, it's gone down really well, I think we we could safely say, on um, on social media and in the media. Um, So Amanda, if you could just start off by telling us, you know, for somebody who maybe doesn't know anything about the commission, why is it so important and why should they go and read the report, do you think?
1: Okay, so um I've worked in further education colleges now for about 24 years and I know that further education colleges are the kind of glue that binds young people and adults and employers together so that, you, so that everybody has the right skills and knowledge and so on that they need for the jobs that are available and out there that are going to give them kind of sustainable uh, incomes for their families and help them to prosper and so on. So uh, the whole point about this commission was to try to uh, clarify, crystallise the role of further education colleges over the next 10 years uh, at a time when I think it's fair to say we are going through some quite challenging changing um, issues, both in terms of uh, our relationship with Europe, but also now the pandemic, which obviously came in halfway through the Commission. Uh, But also, as we go through big demographic change, and um, the changes in the world of work because of technology and so on and so forth. So trying to make sure that we own a kind of collective view of what further education colleges role is in the future in preparing people for work and in driving productivity and building communities uh, is what it's all about.
0: And there's 11 different recommendations in the final report, kind of ranging from things like um, employer hubs, um, a three year funding plan for education, a new skills strategy. What is kind of, you know, the key recommendation do you think for you that will make the most difference in England? Because it's obviously a four nation report, but for England specifically.
1: Uh, I think that. I think that there are probably a couple that I'd draw out. The first one is the lifelong element of it. I know that, you know, uh, back in the day uh, when I worked at South Trafford College, um, there were probably, you know, 1,500 adult learners studying full-time and part-time for a whole range of things. And if if adults were learning at that time, they studied free as part of a study programme, rather like a 16 to 18 study programme now. Uh, when all of that disappeared, frankly, the concept of adult learning kind of went with it. Um, And so now uh, adult learning has become a bit of a niche thing. It's either something that you do uh, for Uh, a bit of fun, or it's something that you do because you're at work and you need to upskill or gain a qualification. And so the idea that, you know, all through your life, you need to change your skills, update your skills, be thinking about what you're going to do next has kind of gone away. So one of the recommendations from the report is very strongly affixed to the idea that we must have an all-age adult training offer Uh, linked to robust information, advice and guidance so that everybody understands that they need to be constantly changing their contribution to the world of work and their access points to that uh, through, you know, little bits of bite-sized qualifications or maybe developing their maths and English skills into into their first job or doing a PhD a long time alongside their 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 job um but you know unfortunately culturally we've got this idea that if you don't do it when you're 16 17 18 19 you just never do it i suppose the, the second i don't know if you want to talk about that one a little bit kate
0: yeah, and I think the thing is at the moment, isn't it that the kind of the need to reskill and uptrain? I think the pandemic has brought it into focus so yeah. so much more than ever before. So, oh, I think you know we maybe the government is starting to recognise. You know, you had you had Boris Johnson's um, opportunity yeah. to guarantee that the importance of adult education. Um, yeah.
1: Absolutely because the infrastructure is there to be able to do it As, you know I often kind of say when I'm um, you know talking to my teams of staff or students or their parents or colleagues or partners that you know if you were the prime minister and you were gazing out across the nation thinking let me neck. How are we going to solve this one then? Uh, there is that further education college infrastructure, which is you know a, a series of networked public assets in every town across the nation that is there ready to you know with some help adapt to become the solution to that problem mm-hmm. and so actually that must be the go to uh, place to be able to resolve some of the challenges around helping adults to. I mean, at the moment, it's just terrible, isn't it? And particularly younger adults who might be, you know, uh, able to keep themselves going through a kind of gig economy and uh, changing through, you know, some of the kind of lower paid jobs in hospitality and so on, that they're not even there now. So, you know, how do we give hope to those young people so that they've got something that they can build on over time, uh, rather than just kind of trying to uh, say that, you know, if you didn't do it, then it's too late, you can never do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you know what's happened here we are having this fantastic conversation without having to get the train down to Houston or whatever. <laughs> Uh, Because we have the technology and we have the skills well done uh, to be able to, uh, you know, to work uh, in your back bedroom um, and to be able to actually be more productive. I know that I'm significantly more productive now than I was last uh, March as a result of technology and so many uh, industries. Um, are now uh, completely digitizing, changing the, their focus, uh, adapting their business models completely—not just as a result of people being from home, but you know, what does the consumer want? What does business look like? What does entrepreneurialism look like? Uh, so actually, we—you know—we've got to give adults access to those skills that are going to help them take part in that and to you know maximize it uh, uh, for their own well-being and you know also for the economy. So I think you know, it's—is uh, the capacity there in? Colleges, though to deal with that, if if you know hundreds of thousands of adult learners turned up at your doors, is that capacity there in the sector? Do you think? I think it is. You know, it goes to one of the other recommendations that I was. Going, I'm going to kind of segue into, uh, which is about you know a network of non-competing but collaborative colleges. Uh, Because what you need is to identify where you need what and how to build that and build a capacity for it to be able to respond to the needs of adults. You know, adults at the moment in many colleges are they, you know, they are customers and quite right so. um, But they they are a commodity that generate income. So that means that everybody kind of wants them. Um, Whereas we don't have a strategic kind of uh, regional um, investment plan that sees how you respond to the needs of adults over a geographical area. Instead, what you do is you have this kind of come and buy from me type of arrangement, very transactional very unstrategic and not very cost effective so actually if you were to be able to kind of get a collaborative strategic plan across an area then you could definitely do so much more with what you've actually got both in terms of physical resources but also the people Uh, you know the the, the trainers and the teachers that we have we need to be able to invest in them uh, so that they can do what it is that um, the economy needs and what individuals need Uh, and that investment both required you to be able to pay them properly, uh, and that means making sure that you can pay them more over time, uh, but also that you can invest in their CPD, and you can make sure that they can uh, understand what it is that employers need. What uh, what are the barriers to uh, you know participation that learners have, um, and so you know that that kind of uh, strategic investment in the pedagogy uh, and the kind of skills arena is absolutely fundamental but if you don't have a kind of networked approach to that then what you're basically saying is you know well off you go the 262 of you or however many there are I'm not quite sure um all go and do it um and so you'll end up with this kind of uh, kind of crisscrossing of strategies and so on so, you, so there has to be some sort of uh A skills plan, which is another one of the recommendations from the report uh, that everybody understands, that they can understand their role in which enables a backdrop in which they can collaborate. So does it then come down to changing the funding structure so that you can get this competitive level out of FE to some extent? For me, you absolutely need to change the funding structure. So, for as long as you've got a transactional approach, where particularly for adults, you you know you get paid based on what you do this year. So, you know that what that does is it drives behaviour, which is basically about you know generating income. It isn't about outcomes. So, you know you, you need to make sure that you've got a a plan that allows uh, for the the risk associated with with adopting a different approach. So that's about having a a three-year funding plan at the very least and I know we're talking about uh one year funding statements at the moment and so on which is not very helpful but um we kind of understand why that might be but we do need to have longer term strategic investment and also you know at the moment everything is about you know units of bits of delivery or a bit of qualification or an hour of this or whatever it is and it, which is completely unhelpful because what that does is it drives the delivery of that thing and not of the outcome that you're trying to create uh, which is obviously that in an area where you've got a you know, a specific opportunity for people to be employed in a sector uh, that you can uh, then invest more broadly uh, in a less transactional way to make sure that there's a population that can do those jobs.
0: Do you think that the appetite is there from, you know, the SFA and the government to, to, you know, develop that three-year funding structure?
1: Um, I'm optimistic, you know, I've always been optimistic, by the way, uh, which is probably why they Persuaded me to go on the connection. <laughs> Uh, but so so i absolutely think that the government is keen for this to happen you know i think that you know it can't just be a bit of tweaking around the edges it needs to be a wholesale reform to the way in which colleges are invested in the relationship with government and the relationship with each other and with universities schools and so on and so forth so i think it's a completely different partnership arrangement i absolutely think that the government is invested in uh, making sure that it happens you know the conversations that i've had and obviously you know are not kind of uh, in the inner sanctum so to speak uh, are very much that people are very uh, enthusiastic about change obviously we've got the white paper coming along um, and there has been you know touch points between the commission and the white paper and I think that you know anybody can see that it's not difficult to you know envisage how colleges can contribute to the transformation that we need for skills for jobs for places etc in the future Uh, so you know I've uh, I've I really significantly hope um, that the the time that we've spent on this and the time that I've spent in FE and so on and so forth uh, is going to uh, be uh, radically kind of transformed into something that is a linchpin, a kind of anchor institution, if you like. Another recommendation there um, for uh, the infrastructure, for the skills infrastructure for uh, the next thousand years. It'd be lovely to think about something that was happening over a thousand years. First,
0: <laughs> <I was laughs> say that's long-term planning, going from a yearly funding settlement to a thousand years. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we
1: are institutions and not organisations, aren't we? Uh, somebody told me that at Oxford. Somebody very clever, uh, and what that means is that we are here for a thousand years and not uh, not just for a short. That's term. good to know. I'm, I'm, I look forward to reporting on it for <laughs> yes. centuries to come. <laughs> yes are you so obviously the the report is out you've had your celebratory glass of something to mark the occasion I hope by myself next now do you just sort of leave it with government and and see what happens uh, no, so the recommendations for the Four Nations, because obviously this has been a Four Nations uh, commission, and that's been really helpful. I mean, I don't mind saying that I'm the I'm the kind of college principal from England who's been on that commission. So I'm more interested in what happens in England. And the English system is more chaotic. Uh, there are more people, there are more colleges, there are more challenges, there are, you know, so, so it, the system is more difficult. And also there has been quite a lot of work done across the other three nations to try to... Uh, to do something um, and it has been easier in those nations for the reasons that i've just uh, explained so now that we've got this kind of four nations um uh, set of recommendations and it was fascinating because we did come up with the recommendations to each of the four nations kind of first and then when we brought them together actually they were the same ones uh, you know more employer engagement uh, making sure that employer hubs are uh, you know kind of very co uh collaboratively and kind of um Uh, co-located with colleges and so on and so forth Um, but the four nations aspect has been really kind of helpful in providing just a different lens on the situation that we have in England. So what happens next is over the next couple of weeks, we'll be meeting again with Sir Ian Diamond, the chair of the commission, uh, and commissioners and other stakeholders and members of the, of the expert panel uh, to look at the specific recommendations for England. Uh, and somewhere else, somebody will be doing that for the elephants <laughs> from Ireland, Scotland and Wales as well. So, um, you know, I kind of, I think I know what those recommendations already look like, but there is some work to do. Uh, But the positive feedback that I've seen across all of the press from every, you know, kind of corner of the sector uh, means that, you know, I feel very kind of confident, again, going into this next phase that we will be able to come up with something. And I hope that the recommendations from the White Paper will not be completely and significantly at odds with the recommendations of the Commission.
0: And if you know, if Gillian Keegan, the Apprenticeships and Skills Minister, if she was to say to you right out of all this report, you can have one, you can have one thing, or I'll choose one thing to implement. Which which recommendation do you think that you would go for? That you think we need the most? That is mean. <laughs> that exactly. is so mean.
1: Because if there was one, we would have had one. Um, <laughs> I think I'd have to make up a sentence that had eleven of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know you, how can you do it without long term funding how can you do it without a centralized skill plan for me you know having collaboration and not competition is absolutely essential making sure that colleges and the relationship with employers is intrinsically linked so that the curriculum and the skill development of teachers and trainers etc is being properly developed making sure that you can pay staff properly you know all of these things are there you know I,
0: I you'd have to put 11 into the one I'd have to yeah, it yeah, exactly. I could probably I've managed to go five into one together. sentence there. that wasn't bad that yeah was, exactly. a good first goal
1: yeah exactly I'm sorry that the other ones didn't make it in <laughs> oh and I missed the one about regulation as well because <laughs> We've got so much regulation. I know before the podcast, we were just talking about external examinations and so on and so forth. But, you know, uh, any system which basically asks you to regulate in so many different ways is just one that is going to drive the wrong sort of behavior, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, look, Thank you so much um, for joining us, Amanda. I really would recommend anybody who hasn't read the report to go and read it. It really does give a kind of fascinating insight into what, you know, colleges yeah. could be and have the potential to be in the next 10 years. Actually,
1: I think it should, people should just read Kate Parker's very
0: comprehensive oh. summary of, <laughs> oh, of you can read that. And, yeah. Amanda's thinking. If, exactly. you, if you've got maybe two minutes read my summary if you've got a bit longer with a cup of tea you can set aside then <laughs> go and read the um, go and read the report um Brilliant. but yeah thank you so much amanda for joining us and um no hopefully we'll see, you soon. see you soon thank Bye. you Catch thank you lodge. thanks everyone Bye. for listening